is the Clearly Kosciuszko Podcast, telling the story of Kosciuszko County through the eyes of those who have been here lifetimes and those who have just arrived. The mission of Clearly Kosciuszko is to craft a sense of place and pull all corners of our county together. The story of our community is ever unfolding and needs you. Each month, we'll talk with those involved in our community and invite listeners to play, learn, and grow alongside us. Now, the latest edition of the Clearly Kosciuszko Podcast with your host, Jody Claypool and Ryan Martin. Welcome back to another Clearly Kosciuszko Podcast, our second one of 2023. Happy New Year, everyone. It seems like just uh, just yesterday, just a few weeks ago, we were celebrating the end of 22. Uh, welcome 2023. We are here broadcasting live again from the third floor of City Hall, the Kedco studio offices. Another year, but it's my same friendly co-host face sitting across the table from me today, Mr. Jody Claypool, JC Innovations. How are you, buddy? Doing good. How you doing, Ryan? I'm living the dream right now. Right, right on it. Yeah, it's uh, it's been really interesting here in Warsaw, Indiana. Mm-hmm. We had a snowpocalypse or something. Yeah, what well, it was dynamic snowfalls of one to three inches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go rush buy you know thirty days worth of bread and butter for right. uh, you know. And I'm pretty sure that uh, one to three inches that we bought all the bread, butter, and milk for, uh, I think it was all deposited via the wind in about a. 300-foot section of my road, um, so via some drifts. So, yeah, Fantastic. interesting finish to 22 and start to 23. Um, the guy that we're talking to today had no problem with that because uh, he's in the air all the time. So, Jody, who do we have here today? We have Ryan Srogi with us. He's a U.S. Navy commander, uh, flies as a corporate pilot for Steel Dynamics, and he's the founder of an app called Simple Sortie. That's right. And we're going to get into that and learn a little bit about this guy. What he has going on. Yeah, that sounds so welcome, exciting. Ryan. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. Appreciate it. Well, start off, tell us, Ryan, a little bit about yourself. Why, uh, honestly, we talk a lot on the Clearly Kosciuszko podcast. We want backstories. Uh, why are you here? What brought you here? Who are you? Just give us the, the Cliff's Notes version of Ryan. Sure. Well, uh, my wife, Rachel, grew up in, in Warsaw, Wyoming Lake area, and so uh, after dragging all over the world for 10 years on, on active duty military. We decided that uh, we wanted to move back closer to family. This is where her family is from. I grew up in, in, uh, in Michigan. Uh, we met at Purdue, and, and you know, that, that part of our life is history. Uh, but you know, I, I've got a passion for Christian education uh, beyond my, my passion for aviation. Um, and so we, we moved back here. I worked at Grace for a little while. Uh, enjoyed enjoyed that, but then um, also got back into aviation uh, following that that short stay there, and and um, we just we, we really enjoy being part of this community, uh, being close to family, and 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 part of the the Northeast Indiana culture. Got back into aviation. What does that mean? So you uh, you became a hobbyist pilot, or you became <laughs> a corporate pilot for a different business? No, so I I did a little flying uh, out at the local airport and through. That uh, that connection, I, I got a job as uh, my first job as a corporate pilot, uh, and that's where the the simple sortie concept kind of started to come to life. Was was out of that that first that first job? Okay, yeah. And I'm over in the Dells, so yep. yeah. Um, Sorry for making all that jet noise for you. Yeah, yeah. If you could keep it down, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, t- tell us a little bit about the life of a corporate 
pilot? Is it as glamorous as one would think, or or tell us a little oh, bit about it's, the It's filled the with beautiful, beautiful FBOs, those fixed base operators, the service providers on airports, and <laughs> and uh, everyone brings you your coffee and your sandwich. No, that is not true <laughs> whatsoever. Um, uh, honestly, it's it's all about customer service, really. Uh, just like any other job or business, it's about taking care of the people that uh, the Lord entrusts you to, to take care of that day. Um, you know, and, and in private aviation, it's much uh, much more personal. You know, you you take their bags out to the airplane for them, you load them up, you pull them out. Um, sometimes you make them a, a drink or something like that on the airplane. Uh, and, and you also fly the airplane. So as my boss says, uh, flying is only about 10% of the job. 90% of the job is taking care of people. So Yeah, and this, in, in all seriousness, the, the, uh, the airport here in Warsaw, uh, for anybody who has the, the uh, opportunity, is privileged enough to use it, it's a great airport it is. Um, to fly in and out of. Mm -hmm. And uh, they actually they do like the CASA fundraising event mm -hmm. uh, there, and they do a phenomenal job. So... As much as I've ever seen, a, and I have very, very limited uh, experience with it, but as much as I've seen a, an entity like that work with the community, and they used to do, uh, when Dane and uh, Louise would sponsor it, they would do the air show. It right. was, you know, it's, it, it is a value to the community, right? right? For as big as this community is, to have that airport, I think it's pretty phenomenal. Well, and, and as far as regional or municipal airports go, too, this one probably is one that handles more of the plane traffic much like Ryan uh, flies for the corporate jet kind, rather Absolutely. than you're just your Cessna 152s, your right. Piper Cubs, and well, all they, of that. They and do. they're there, <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot of jet traffic that comes in and out of here. Uh, no, I, I could agree more. And I think uh, people need to view airport, airports as, as two kind of distinct things. One is to serve the local community in terms of people who love to fly. They want to have their own airplane, or they want to be part of a, a flying club or something like that. Um, but beyond that is airports are, are really a gateway. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a port. It's an air port from one place to another. And the value that that brings to a community is uh, top executives and, and even uh, senior management, they, they don't want to drive the two hours or fly to Chicago and then drive the three hours or even the one hour from Fort Wayne. They want to land where they're going to do business because their time is valuable. And the, the better a community understands the role, the business role of the airport, I think the more, uh, the more easy it is to attract business and entrepreneurship to that, that community. There is, a, there is a phenomenon. I can speak to this a little bit. Um, we, have, we have two really good small airports within mm -hmm. an hour drive. You can mm -hmm. go to Fort Wayne. You can go to South Bend. Mm -hmm. You can get on your plane in a matter of 15 minutes. Right. Right? It's pretty convenient. Right. But very similar to flying coach and then getting bumped up to first class. Right. And then having to go back to coach. When you fly out of the airport here in Warsaw, you don't want to drive up to South you Bend. Don't. Right. No. It's a completely different level. It's like, I don't want to go back to those peons. I want to, I want to live the high life. So I could see how executives would right. appreciate having the airport nearby. Yeah. Well, and I thought it was interesting, Ryan, as you, as you finished up your previous statement, you mentioned entrepreneurs yeah. and entrepreneurship. And, and, and as we start off here in 2023, the Clearly a Kosciuszko podcast is embarking on, we're doing a bunch of mini series this year, Jody, right? So we're yeah, this right. first series focusing on entrepreneurship. And Ryan, you're somewhat of an entrepreneur yourself. You, you developed 
something. Let's talk about it a little bit. Tell us about Simple Sortie. What is it? Yeah, well, I'd say I'm, I'm still a work in progress on, on that front. But uh, as, I've, as I dove into uh, corporate aviation and trying to figure out how that, that all worked, what you quickly realize is um, there are a lot of different fees and charges that, that come along. There are a lot of different uh, avenues of attracting customers and things of that nature. And so Simple Sortie is this uh, software in development that is aimed at making that whole process simpler. From a charter company, so a charter company sells seats uh, like a charter bus, but they sell seats on an airplane that take you from point A to point B. So from attracting those customers uh, to a particular brand or um, even just a small a charter outfit uh, in a small community, things of that nature, um, to all the fees that they would incur. And that's just if there's one airport and one service provider. What if there's two airports or four service providers and they all charge different fees? How do you know you're going to get your best bang for the buck? And so uh, Simple Sortie really is an attempt at uh, trying to make that a, um, a smoother and simpler process. So we're talking app or yep, an app. Yep. Okay. So walk us through, walk us through. I am a, a, a noob to the whole situation. Sure. I download and put this app on my phone. What do I do? Sure. So the, the concept here is just like we talked about a minute ago is people, if you're going to spend the money to fly on private aviation, you're not going to want to drive a long ways. Um, you're going to want to know, you're going to start off by inputting where your destination is. Well, I'm meeting uh, Jody and Ryan here at, at, uh, at the Kedco offices in Warsaw, Indiana. And, and then it would populate, here are the, the airports that are closest to you. Um, and you would then pick which one maybe fits, uh, your, if you're willing to drive a little further to save a little money, great. If you want that, uh, money really isn't a, isn't a factor today, you want to have the shortest commute time, then you could pick that as well. And then from there, you could pick charter outfits if you need uh, charter service or if you own, already own your airplane, you can skip that step. So for somebody who's using an app like this, and I don't know how the charter services, like they, they get billed or the membership process. It's just one of those things where you would, like somebody who's, um, who's frequently utilizing a charter, they have access to multiple airports and whatever planes are going on. It's almost like a timeshare where they can just kind of say I want to fly out of this airport and it has certain weights or points to their membership. Is that how it works? So this is where it gets really confusing. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to talk timeshare, think uh, NetJets, right? Yeah, so right. maybe uh, the two of you each own half of um, uh, Cessna Citation or something like that, um, that you would own a, you know, a part of that airplane. Uh, in a charter market, and that's uh, that's called Part 91K. In a charter market, which is called Part 135, uh, and these are all federal regulations, right? That come from the FAA. Uh, a charter outfit, they own the airplane, they own the crew, and you buy um, a ticket from them, essentially, to take you from wherever you want to go uh, to wherever you want to go. And the unique difference there between uh, say Southwest Airlines or Delta Airlines is uh, their routes and their schedules are set. Uh, you're kind of locked into that, whereas Charter is, you know, they'll take you from anywhere you want. I mean, any one of the, I think it's 8,000 plus private aviation or, or not private aviation, but uh, 
they're public use air, airports, but they're not being in, being used by um, by the airlines. But you also have those larger airports the airlines do use. So it, it really opens up um, a lot more opportunities to get where you want to go uh, more quickly, more easily. And, and Simple Sortie works with only that Part 135, the charters. Not, you guys don't, the app doesn't touch the, the net jet model side of the aviation over here. Correct. Okay. Um, unless they want to get into the business of understanding uh, you know, the cost for the customer and, and things like that. But at that point, I think that their business model doesn't worry too much about a landing fee. So everything that we've talked about so far on the Simple Sortie app has been um, consumer-related. I, as a traveler, being a consumer of yep. the services here, there has to be the flip side that, Absolutely. you know, you're trying to get the charter companies to come on board and be listed with or be able to work with you. Tell us a little bit about that development. Yeah, so um, there are hundreds of charter operators out there, and um, you know I, I think that once they find their niche, they they're pretty good at, at that. And, and there's a great charter outfit here in uh, in, in Indiana, Warsaw, Indiana, Image Air, um, and they fly fantastic airplanes. They really do, and they've gotten really good at at um, working with brokerages. And that's really how they interface with the market. Just like you would buy a house from a real estate agent, they work through a broker uh, who knows the clients and they built up their client base. And so uh, the, the cost advantage to the charter provider, so like that image air or whoever else might be out there, would be um, working with Simple Sortie as a new kind of broker, right? We're still brokering the deals. We're still reaching out to customers directly. So we're filling that role. Uh, but but uh, because we can offer it at scale, then we can reduce the fees to the outfit and increase their bottom line. Okay, so it's another, you're providing more visibility to or for the, the charter. That's right. Is what you're, you're essentially positioning yourself. That's as. right. Is there a... Uh, is there like a uh, a fill? Are you are you picturing? I, I when I sign up for an airline, right? Yeah. Everybody goes through the kind of the filters, like mm -hmm. they get the macro pull down filter thing. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking yep. mechanically how I go. Mm -hmm. I, I just booked a flight down to Tampa, so it's just like, sure. okay, yeah. I, I'm going based on time, right? What when am I flying out in the morning, or when do I need to be at the location? Um, and then how many layovers? Yeah. Right. Everyone wants nonstop, right? Yeah. 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 Nonstop. Right. Uh, and then uh, cost, right? And That's then right. it kind of already pre-sorts. But is that the same sort of uh, mental gymnastics that somebody who's doing a charter would go through? Yeah. So if you want to get to that level of sophistication, you're talking uh, very, very complicated software. Uh, so right now, it's 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 going to be a very simple approach. Um, you know, ask a few basic questions that'll filter out a lot of the the chaff, so you can focus on the wheat. Yeah. Gotcha. So you're kind of yeah, you're, how long have you been, how long has it been project been going? A couple of years now. A couple years. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a process. Still so, learning the, the landscape. <laughs> so what, what have you learned so far? If you could go back a year, 18 months ago and could have done something different, is there something that's popped up yet? It's like, oh, geez, that probably wasn't quite the best way to go. You know, I think the one thing I've learned is that, that it's all about, customer interaction, customer development, and really understanding what people are looking for 
what is someone willing to pay uh, even 10 bucks a month for, right? And, and I think people get hung up on the price. Well, will they pay $1,000 a month for this service? Will they pay 10 bucks a month? And, and I, I don't really think that's the question to answer. It, you really have to answer the question of what's the pain point? You know, what's the problem I'm trying to solve? Uh, because from that, uh, if the pain point is big enough, they'll, they'll be more than happy to part with their money because it makes their life, their life easier. And, and so that's, I think that's the thing I'm learning the most as I work with the consultant here or there, I'll, you know, they're constantly coaching me. You've got to ask more questions. You got to keep digging deeper. Um, and, um, yeah, just keep going on that. So where, where'd the idea come from? I mean, it had to come out of some yeah. experience that you were having somewhere else, whether it was in the corporate world or, I mean, shoot, maybe. Well, yeah. This is the world you the, lived in right? or li- are living in now, right? Right. Well, most of my experience is military. So I, right. I flew F-18s for the Navy for, for 10 years. Um, and you don't really have to worry about landing fees because the aircraft carrier is always almost always available. Well, and that's what I was kind of thinking. Of. <laughs> Hopefully. Like, Fingers yeah, crossed. As, as he's flying the F-18 out over Atlantic, Pacific, wherever, right. he goes, you know what we need? Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, you can land here, but uh, it's going to cost you. <laughs> that, is, that is not the case. Uh, so it actually came from my first job here was um, in corporate aviation. Uh, you know, I, I, I try to do my best for the company I work for. Um, if aviation is expensive and... If you can find a way to save, or at least show that you're trying to uh, save the company money, then I think that that puts you on good footing uh, with whoever you work for, right? If you're trying to do your very best for them, go the extra mile, Sure. Um, th- th- that works out pretty well. So as we would make some, we would schedule our trips, I would open up an app called ForeFlight, and I would start finding out what are the airports that could handle our airplane. And then I would find, you know, say three or four. And then I would say, well, uh, how much does the fuel cost? That's usually the biggest question. Most of your expenses come from fuel. And then you would start digging in more and more, and you'd find that um, some places have a higher landing fee than another. And most times, the weather's pretty nice. You don't need uh, an airport that has all of the capability of, uh, say, like a Fort Wayne or an Indianapolis. You know, Warsaw works just fine, so so to speak. So what I ended up finding was on, on one particular location we kept going back to, they had the cheapest fuel in the country uh, at an airport that was 15 minutes outside of town. And the airport that was right in the middle of town, which really didn't save us much drive time or anything like that, they had gas, I think, that was like twice as expensive so just just by doing a little bit of due diligence, I was able to save on the landing fees and the fuel costs and all those things. Uh, and the and the greatest part was it was a fantastic FBO. This little airport just outside of town, uh, they had rich in aviation heritage, beautiful facilities, the whole nine yards. It really was a pleasure to go to. And um, so I think just by doing that due diligence, working through the problem set and trying to save the company money, mm. this idea came to light. Like, well, if I'm the if I'm someone doing this, how many other people are trying to do this? 
and what other problems exist in aviation around that. Yeah, that it idea. sounds to me like you were trying to solve a metric that was desperately needed, right? You almost want to have like the Yelp review <laughs> for you know yeah. airport landing sites because a lot of people they don't know, right? That's right. So it, if you have a map and you could say, okay, this one's you know whatever five stars and this one's two stars. Two stars, yeah, yeah, right, for sure. And I think that's the challenge is how do you, in an intelligent and intuitive way, put all those things together? And and I'm what they call a non-technical, co- uh, non-technical founder, so I, I don't program software. I have to go find someone who can program the software. So I've got to imagine this, sketch it out. Uh, I use some other um, software tools to build a, a framework um, and then take that to a developer and try to figure out how to bring it all all to life so and at, right now is it just the simple sortie just focus on domestic um, airports FBOs or Canadian Mexican I mean how far does it go and is that thoughts for stage two stage three and beyond the latter yeah so the US is definitely our initial target market and then we would go from there um, the FAA is complicated enough so uh, dealing with ICIO standards is, is a whole new steps. Well, I bring that up because my one and only private aviation flight was when I was working a a job out in Kansas, and we flew from little bitty Great Bend, Kansas, to even more itty-bitty Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. Moose Jaw. Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. (laughs) Uh, To check some stuff. Uh, Maybe maybe we flew into Regina. I I can't remember. But I remember the trip because, of course, going across, you have to clear customs, right? So Mm -hmm. we landed in Minot, North Dakota. And this is right at the height of the Bakken and the oil boom (laughs) and all that. And you mentioned... That's where my brother's stationed right now. He's okay. Why not? Yeah, so you <laughs> mentioned funny. the FBOs and nice, quaint places. I remember sitting on, looked like some couches from the late 70s, and this sure. guy wearing the, 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 <laughs> the fuzzy hat because it was in the dead of winter, and we just yeah. hung out and had coffee. It was the easiest customs process I've ever had in my yeah. life. I hand my, my passport to the FBO guy, and we just sit down and have yeah. coffee. And Well, where are you going to go? It's flat and snowy for miles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so but that's, it, right. that's my experience with it. And so it's like, okay, well, if... Because the customs process is yeah. is amazing, and when you go that way, and and this could be something too. Yeah. So anyway, well, that's, that's the that's the other part. I mean, um, there's a there's a whole for I think for this type of traveler, there's probably a different level of expectation for ease of ingress and egress from the airport onto the plane, you know, and vice versa. Yeah. You know, and so now working back in corporate aviation, uh, and, and it's such a great company like Steel Dynamics, and, and they really are a fantastic company, um, and it's a, an honor to work there. Um, what I've learned is is that the people who fly in private aviation are, are no different than the rest of us. You, know, you still have some people who are a little bit hard to handle, and some people, but most people are are quite pleasant. They're they are using that as a tool to do business, right? Sure. Uh, and, and the people who uh, maybe are a little hard to handle, yeah, okay, you figure out how to, how to take care of them, to still respect them, honor them, and, and um, you know, make the, whatever process is as easy as possible. But even customs can, can be a pain. I'm, I'm glad to hear that you had a good experience because <laughs> they're not all like that. Uh, but the custom Border Patrols guys do, it, do a great job. Um, but in the end... They're just a, they're just like everybody else. Sure. Um, 
are they flying privately? And, and I think some people have a hard time understanding flying private. I mean, some people have a hard time understanding flying uh, first class. Like, why would you pay so much money to go the same place? Well, if you ever sat in their seats, they're pretty darn comfortable. So, um, you know, just, just imagine, like, this is just a tool that they use to be able to do business in a more efficient manner because uh, the company realizes that uh, the time of their employees is extremely valuable. And if they're spending a full travel day on each end to get to uh, wherever they need to go, then that is essentially lost man hours for the company. And that, and, and that hurts the bottom line. Right. So. And so as we kind of work our way toward a little bit of a conclusion here, you've been all over. Uh, you, you, you flew the military, so you've been all over in that route. But even with your corporate aviation, you've been a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Bring it back here. Of all the places that you've been and all the stuff that you've seen, when you come back to our community, what would you say maybe is one of a, a best-kept or a well-kept secret here in this area against that backdrop of everything sure. else that people should know about? Sure. I think that the diversity of, of Kosciuszko County and, and Warsaw Wino Lake is, is one of our greatest strengths. Uh, you know, my wife and I were talking about this last night, and as, as we kind of shared some thoughts, I, I think we distilled it down to that word. And what do, I, what do we mean by that? Well, we have people from overseas some countries like India who are over here as, as uh, engineers for the biomedical uh, companies, and, and they do fantastic work. Um, we have uh, you know, other demographics that, that bring their perspectives in, on life uh, here to Warsaw. And so I think what we have is, is a good diversity here that wouldn't necessarily be expected in other places in the Midwest. And what that allows us to do when, when you start to leverage that diversity, and when I use leverage, I mean that in a good way, right? I'm not, I don't mean take advantage of people. I mean find a way to work together. We can start covering each other's uh, gaps, uh, especially in, in entrepreneurship. Because I think that Kosciuszko County really needs to continue this trend of uh, developing entrepreneurship here in Northeast Indiana. I think we're the right place. We've got the right mix of people. We've got people like, like the two of you hosting a podcast. Uh, Alan Teo does a great job with Ketco and the rest of his staff. And I think the more we uh, focus on using our diverse talents, diverse backgrounds to create uh, you know, a community that really thrives on startups, then we will be a place that attracts capital and growth. And, and one kind of begets the next, right? And, and that's, um, I think that's a major focus area for our, our yeah. county. Well, and I know there's going to be a push. There is a push. There's a deliberate push and strategy for uh, the Economic Development Corporation yeah. uh, to invest heavily in Indiana to make us, uh, right now we're ranked 50th out of 50 states for, uh, supporting startups, and I think we want to be one, number one, right? We want to be the hub. That's, we want to be the tough. primary spot for innovation. And that's tough. I mean, you got to compete with Silicon Valley, right? Right. Right. And and so I'm not saying it's unattainable, um, but you know some of the other things I've participated in. Indiana has a fantastic one of the top um, political, uh, business oriented uh, mindsets in in, in the country. When you look at the taxes we charge and all the other incentives, Indiana is, I think, top five 
someone out to fact check me on that one. But I, th- I want to say we're top five, not top ten, in the country in in places to own and, and run a business. So a lot of that is set. What we have to do is figure out a way to connect the coasts to the heartland. A lot of people think Chicago. Well, hey, Chicago is two hours away. Um, so we are very well connected. And so you know, just like you said, using that deliberate deliberate effort to bring that all together, I think is is exactly what we need to be doing. Yeah. Uh, and you take the diversity we have, the history of of innovation and startups here, going back to uh, the early days of the biomed companies here. Uh, the DNA is there. Uh, Elevate Northeast Indiana, or I'm sorry, Elevate is one of the largest, I think it's actually the largest um, venture capital firm that supports Indiana growth, and they've got a, a great branch. You know, some folks down there out of Fort Wayne. Um, and so just, just, keep, just keep at it. Yeah, 100%. And so <clears throat> as we're building that out, I think uh, you hit the nail on the head, or maybe you meant to, or I don't know if you did or not. <laughs> but you're working in an app, right? You're working on an app, right? And we're seeing a lot of investment uh, in the areas of ag and in, in the areas of uh, uh, orthopedics, which is what when we're talking about biomedical, we're talking about orthopedics right. in this town. Uh, that A lot of investment dollars are shifting toward the tech side of medical devices. Um, and so mm-hmm. we're seeing a lot of commoditization, a lot of cost savings ventures and strategies around the actual physical metal and plastics of the implants. And those innovation dollars are actually refocused into the med tech side, That's great. which for us could be an invitation to bring a whole different skill set to this area. So when, when we're talking about your application, what, uh, were you able to leverage any of that kind of diversified skill set on your app? And if not, what, would you, what, what could be developed here that you would say, hey, let's put this here and at least this kind of skill set would have helped me when I'm doing my thing? Yeah, so uh, app development is expensive, first off. Uh, Peaky Enterprises uh, here in Warsaw, they did a great job. Uh, so they were certainly were an, an, an opportunity uh, to work with. Uh, with the budget I was on, though, I had to think more of a, a co-founder, someone else who could come along. I would give equity, and the, the trade-off is I don't spend all the cash, right, because they would do the coding for me. And, and teams of one often uh, don't do as well, so having more people is, is always a good thing. Um, so that was kind of my focus in, in terms of uh, simple sortie. Where I think I'd really like to see Warsaw grow, and, I, and I'm speaking a little bit here, maybe out of turn, because I don't know, and I'd like to do some investigating, is when we get into the K-12 through education side, we really need to be thinking, um, what does teaching kids about technology look like? Mm. Giving a kid an iPad, I don't think that's really teaching them technology. I mean, heck, you see YouTube videos of someone stealing their mom's iPhone at two years old running off, and they're already figuring it out, right? It's intuitive. It doesn't take a lot of education. So I think we need to find ways to start instilling this idea of, of coding, even at a very basic level. Uh, and I think they do a little bit of that, but how do we continue that progress so uh, people come out with skill sets that are uh, relevant to, to, to today's society. So, All right, rock on. And so as we, we need to wrap her up, we always ask all guests 
the signature question, and for that we uh, we always task Mr. Claypool with that. So Jody, what, what, what's the <laughs> this question? is a this is a we're force fitting an ending here. So let me force fit this question, or I'll throw this question at you. This is a question we always ask at the end of every one of these yeah. episodes. This is the clearly Kosciuszko podcast, yep. and so we always ask, what does the phrase clearly Kosciuszko mean to you? So clearly, I think is leads me to think of our Great Lakes, right? And our great outdoors that we have. Um, so just to me, anytime I hear that, I think of the lakes that we have here, uh, the outdoor activities. Uh, in, in my travels, I've been to the West Coast. And what is, is really neat about San Diego area is it seems at like 3 o'clock, everyone's already outside running. Or even at 6 a.m., they're always outside running, enjoying the water, enjoying the sun. And a little easier to do in San Diego. It's a, it's a wonderful place. Uh, but in the summertime here, you come down to the Winona Lakeside, and it seem, it almost has that feel. Everyone's outside, everyone's running, the boats are going uh, crazy in the lakes, having a good time. And, and so that, that idea is what really kind of sinks in uh, to me is that, uh, that outdoor living on, on the lakes, when I think clearly Kosciuszko. Now, in San Diego, they're doing that now. Um, yeah, they're a little we're lucky. not, but that's okay. <laughs> well, you could. But I mean, it's okay. uh, how warm it Well, it's a little chilly today. It's 36 today, but yesterday was what, 50 degrees? <laughs> <laughs> so, Ryan, as we, as we wrap up here, and uh, we'll give you a chance for a couple of uh, uh, parting shots. Anything? Uh, how, do we, how do I find Simple Sortie? Can I? What, what, what do I do? Give us some parting shots here about Simple Sortie and anything else you want to shout sure. out. Sure. Uh, com. Uh, if you're in the charter or, or uh, private aviation market and you want to reach out and, and uh, talk about what some of your pain points are, I'd be happy to listen and see how it can help you out. Um, you know, I think that Indiana is a great, great place to be. Um, and uh, I'm excited to raise my family here, uh, to, be, to be living here. And I thank you both very much, Ryan, Jody, for, for having me out today. This has been fun. Right, thank you very much. It's been it's been great, enlightening conversations today. And Jody, we will uh, do this again here in another two weeks. You're listening to the Clearly Kosciuszko podcast, brought to you by Kedco. Clearly Kosciuszko is a countywide voice created in partnership between the Lilly Center for Lakes and Streams. Kosciuszko County Convention and Visitors Bureau, Kosciuszko Chamber of Commerce, and the Kosciuszko Economic Development Corporation. If you're seeking a day trip or a weekend getaway, a place to start your business, or a flexible location for a corporate conference, clearly Kosciuszko will connect residents and visitors with the right resource throughout the county. Thanks for listening.